0: Today in Agronomy on kfil 1060 with pioneer field agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner, here's Josh and Allie. Good morning Southeast Minnesota, it's December 2nd, 2020 and this is episode 50 uh, Allie, kind of a milestone there. Um, been an extremely busy stretch here, uh, even though harvest wrapped up early, um, you know a lot of growers making decisions for next year and you and I have been out kind of making the rounds. Uh, following up with growers talking you know how was this year's crop doing a lot of planning um, positioning and and getting some um, visits in across the area but um, I thought today we'd spend a little bit of time Allie, talking about you know what have been some of the common conversations you know not so much you know what are we out there talking about what are the growers been asking us you know from a question standpoint as they look at planning for next year I think we'll start um, with soybeans Allie, and um, I'll kind of just pitch this to you you know I think one of the common questions we get from everybody is um, you know in list extend um, you know a lot of growers really wanting to go to the list but also you know also coming off of I, I planted a you know three four varieties this year and had a record crop and do I want to you know make a complete change and not planting those varieties again.
1: Yeah I agree I think comparison of trait options on the soybean side in general have been a big topic of conversation, and you know, a very important one, understandably. Um, on the sweeping side of thing, I think for starters, I think it's important to note that I get a lot of questions on, you know, where we're sitting in terms of supply between extend and enlist. And you know, lucky for us, we have availability of both of those options um, that we could offer a person. But I think in general, when I start to dig into that conversation, I think it's also important to note that the difference between enlist and extend, um, there's a lot of differences in terms of what your specific operation needs. So I think for starters, it's just important to identify, you know, when we look at those goals at the end of harvest in terms of those factors that are driving yield, I think you need to first step between, you know, what is maybe holding me back the most? Has it been the disease package in general, some of the pressure of SDS or white mold in the past the historically that has thrown me off or has it been some of the weed control um, side of things that's maybe setting me back. And I like to just start there in terms of what is our biggest need between weed control and maybe disease pressure, and then start to work ourselves down between the pro and con of enlist um, and extend. As you look at that conversation, Josh, where's maybe the first place that your mind tends to go.
0: Yeah. It's uh, you know very similar approach to you. And, and really what it boils down to is um you know really putting together you know we need more than one variety we, we, we really in some cases we we need to look at what's important is a white mold sds now on the flip side if we have growers that is, are really struggling with weed control and that's their biggest factor um enlist is extremely attractive um the weed control system there i think a majority of growers would prefer you know the application and working with that label and the flexibility of it um, but on the flip side you know, when we're, we're looking at, um, you know, we still got to put bushels in the tank and if, if we have different concerns, if we're happy with uh, weed control, in some cases, you know, taking a look at, at what the options are, you know, you might be able to build a, a better package for the, the operation of having three, four different varieties that, that really fit the mold. And sometimes on the list, you know, we just don't have as much data and it's not as proven and, um, you know, some producers that, that know these varieties know how to manage them and uh, coming off record yields. Um, is probably keeping some growers in that camp. Still some uncertainty on the weed control, which this could really change, um, you know, depending on, you know, what the state label looks like, which we're, I think we're still awaiting that. I haven't seen that yet, Allie. Um, we've seen the federal side of it. We're still waiting for the state of Minnesota to to, to give us the guidance on uh, the new Dicambo label, which could have an impact uh, of what direction we go as well. But um, those have been some of the big things. And, and we've had some good conversations about that. And and there's a lot of growers go into a list there's some staying extend which is great but um like you said we're just fortunate that we got a great portfolio both options there and uh um it, it puts us in a good spot um Allie, another thing um you know we we've talked about early beans versus late maturity um we talked with this in other episodes um another thing that, that still comes up quite a bit um from some growers what have some of your conversations around uh kind of picking our maturity has been like this this fall early winter
1: I think that's been an interesting conversation because you go back to before we had harvested beans, you and I kind of had a a conversation on are the early beans or are the later maturities going to be a little bit better? You look at the early maturity beans, they packed on so many uh, flowers early and had really nice pod set all the way to the top. Um, and some of the later beans just kind of got hit in some of that stressier period and maybe didn't fill all those pods all the way to the top. Um, but I think, you know, generally those late rains, they really worked wonders on the soybean crop in general. I think if I look on the early maturity beans, I still think that approach to using them in your system is that early maturity being planted early, still paid in a huge way, both yield wise and just management management wise in terms of getting started on something in the month of of early September. Um, but I think, you know, later maturity wise, I think those that we were able to keep healthy enough to take a much more advantage of those rains that we were able to capture um, later in August just added a lot in terms of weight of grain to those beans and kept us from having a bunch of BBs that we were harvesting uh, this this fall, what was kind of your take between the two?
0: Yeah, I've had a couple of different angles this conversation on some producers that that did some early beans uh, and some full season. And in one observation I ran into a couple times was I had a um, some questions around you know the planting order. I had some producers that had some really early beans, like a one zero one one, and they actually they planted the the late beans first and finished with the early. Now everything was early this year, which in some cases kind of brought everything ready at the same time. And uh, my only encouragement, if we're going to look at the early beans planted early, that we, we always plant early beans first and finish with late ones. So if you're going to plant a 1-1, a 1-5, and a 2 I would plant them in that order. And, and really, when you look at the harvest plan, we want to get them harvested right when they get ripe. So when the one one's ready, boom, get them. Then the 1-5 ready, then the two ones. And that's just a strategy to maximize, uh, you know, yield and productivity across the operation. And Allie, when we come back from break, we'll jump in and talk about some of these common corn conversations.